Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hey there, I'm Carly Beth Rankin, and it's a pleasure to have you join me today. There's a spot at my table just for you. Now let's break bread together. Well, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again in our Soil Seeker series. Last week, we examined Jesus' response when his disciples asked why he spoke in parables. We discovered his main purpose for his complex teaching method was so the recipients of his message would have to earnestly seek the Father for revelation. If you missed last week's post, I do highly suggest that you pause right now and catch up before continuing on further with me today. We also learned that having calloused hearts prevents us from being able to interpret his truth. So before we continue today, let's first take a second and surrender any unrepented sin that might hinder our understanding. Lord, please reveal any bitterness, envy, or pride in our hearts that might limit us from understanding your truth. We repent of our self-seeking ways and give you full control, Father, over our thoughts, our feelings, and our attitudes. In Jesus' name. If you need longer than that to truly rest in repentance, just pause and take extra time for yourself before continuing on. But now that we can finally start to unpack the parable of the sower Jesus taught, let's take us back to the scene of Jesus and his disciples and the crowd. In Matthew 13, 1, Jesus was hanging out by the lake when great crowds began gathering around him. Of course, Jesus was graceful enough to embrace their presence by sitting in a boat and teaching them. Although nowadays we are accustomed to seeing our teachers speak from standing behind a pulpit, sitting was a position custom of Jewish teachers then. So I'm betting that when Jesus rose from his position by the lake to go and sit in the boat on the water, Everyone paused and took notice. Their mentor was about to give an important message. Shh, quiet. He's about to start. Martha, move to the left so I can see. It's probably also safe to bet then that when Jesus started speaking in parables, it wasn't what they anticipated. As we read last week, Jesus quoted a prophecy regarding the crowd's lack of understanding. He said, This is why I speak in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Matthew 13, 13 in the NIV. If the crowd eagerly sat to listen to Jesus and heard everything he said, but still lacked understanding, could it be they weren't listening because it wasn't what they wanted to hear? I mean, they had done everything right. They followed Jesus to the water and drew close to him. They desired to hear and learn from his teaching. Yet, when his words didn't align with their own expectations, their hearts rejected it. Oh boy, I'm sure you can sense where I'm going with this. And if you're like me, it's probably not a place you really like going. But I think we have to go there, friend, because we both desire growth, right? We don't want to be like the ignorant crowd who missed the fruit of Jesus' message. So, here we go. I have to ask myself and you this question. 
When we approach God with our big hopes and feelings and inquiries, and his response is not what we desire to hear, how do we respond? Or an even more difficult question, when we open God's word, are we seeking to know his heart on matters? Or are we just looking to justify our own beliefs? It seems like the crowd, as eager as they may have been, already had a notion in their head about what they desired to hear Jesus say. Maybe they wanted to confirm they were living righteously or hear marvelous stories of miracles he'd performed. Yet when Jesus challenged them to examine their own hearts to understand the root of his message, they refused to listen. And they weren't the only ones in scripture who approached Jesus with questionable motives. The Pharisees asked Jesus questions, not in an attempt to understand his heart, but rather to let their own feelings known about his methods. Jesus replied to their inquiries in a way they definitely didn't expect. Instead of defending himself or bowing to their opinions, he totally called them out. He actually referred to them as being hypocrites. You can imagine the feathers that ruffled. 2 Peter 3.9 assures us that God doesn't desire anyone to perish, but longs for everyone to come to repentance, even the Pharisees. See, Jesus called them out because he loved them and desired their repentance. Matthew 15.12 shares the Pharisees' response to Jesus with us. We're told that instead of heeding Jesus' correction, the Pharisees became offended instead of convicted. In Luke 7.23, Jesus sent a message to John the Baptist in prison and included encouragement to him that I think we all could use today. Jesus said, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The Greek word used for offended in this verse is scandalizo. The same word used in Matthew 15, 12 to describe the Pharisees being offended. One definition of scandalizo that caught my attention is to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey. That sounds like the Pharisees to me. Jesus was the one person they should have listened to whom they instead deserted because they disapproved of his ways. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we feel offended by his words, we are defending ourselves and not the sake of Christ. Those offenses we hold against him will prevent us from trusting him, obeying him, and living a God-glorifying life. Which brings me to two more reflective questions for us to ponder today. When we approach the Lord, Are we soil-seeking, desiring to be corrected in our thinking, to understand the Father's heart? Or are we self-seeking, rejecting God's conviction because we feel offended? If we are honest in answering these hard questions posed today, I think we'll reveal the true nature of our hearts and what draws us to Christ. I pray that we will surrender our defenses and seek to understand his heart. May we forsake ourselves and yearn to reflect the creator. Lord, 
I know the defense mechanisms within me are results of my own opinions, feelings, and desires. I surrender my offenses and ask you to replace them with your convictions. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, okay, so I lied. We didn't even begin to dissect the parable of the sower today. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, I wasn't expecting to go this route either, I promise. But I believe the Holy Spirit desperately wanted us to pause and reflect today as part of laying the foundation to receive his truth. Next week, we will jump into the parable and I can't wait to have you join me. So may God bless you and have a great week week.